Tell a story of how this benefited someone's life. Tell a story of how this transformed their party. Tell the story of how X, Y, and Z. I don't know, but there's always a story behind whatever it is that you're trying to sell And there should be because the products that you sell or the services that you provide, ultimately, they are solving a problem for the customers that you're trying to attract. So you have to constantly be reminding people of that. Welcome to the Push Podcast. Why push? Because a nudge is just too friendly. And friend, we're here to help you get your shit together. I'm Eddie. And I'm Janelle. And we're the Copelands. We've got three daughters, two businesses, a mortgage, and lots of responsibilities. So just like you, we're struggling to find that perfect balance of ambitious go-getter hustle while still staying present, loving our kids, and working on our relationship. And doing the laundry, going to the grocery store. Oh, and don't forget being mindful. Yeah, all of the stuff. (laughs) So if you're juggling all the things, but you're also trying to get to the next level, guess what? You're in the right place. So get ready to be pushed. Hey guys, welcome back to the Push Podcast. I am Janelle Copeland. And I'm Edward Copeland. How you doing? I'm doing swell, sir. Thank you so much. Hey, listen, we are in the middle, smack in the middle of a transformation series that we're doing on business. So if you know a business owner, you know someone who's got an idea who wants to start a business, or if that's you, this is your episode. You need to listen to this. (laughs) Yes. So whether you are like trying to be an entrepreneur, in the middle of being an entrepreneur, whatever, this is for you. This is an exciting series and um, we're just in the middle of it. Yeah, and we hope you get good insight out of it. I want to take some time really quick before we dive into today's lesson to ask you for your feedback. We want to hear from you. You can respond to us in the comments on YouTube. You can respond to us by taking 30 seconds to write a review on wherever you're listening to the podcast, or you can text us at 626-469-4408. I want to take some time really quick to just read a couple of reviews that we have had, which, by the way, happen to be five star reviews. So this one is from Amanda. She says, thank you both for doing these amazing podcasts. There has been so much great information and new perspectives that you all put out there. It has helped me push through a lot as we learn and change mindsets on things Thank you so much. Amanda is from How About It Bakery. Love Thank it. you, Amanda. Thank you. Next one is from Layla. She says, hi, Janelle and Eddie. I feel so fortunate to have learned and listened to your podcast. I first started as a cupcake lover of the Cake Mamas, and now I'm an avid listener of your podcast. As a person who never grew up knowing anything about entrepreneurship and the beauty and pain that comes along with it, I appreciate your podcast so much. There are so many times I've listened to your podcast and it sounds as though they were made specifically for me. I'm sure lots of others feel that way too. And I just want to thank you so much, Layla. She said, I just want to write to you and tell you thank you for sharing your thoughts with us. They've meant so much to me as a new business owner and as a person who's just interested in developing into the best 80-year-old version of my future self. Love it. Remember, you don't get the applause unless you're willing to endure all of the new the no's and reaction. That was something that we shared in a previous episode. So thank you so much, Layla from Creative with Love. We want to thank you for all of your feedback. Sometimes you guys slide into my DMs on Instagram. Sometimes you send emails. But it's really important that we know that we are creating content that serves you. And so without further ado, let's dive into today's episode 
which is episode number 128. And today we're going to be talking about more secrets that you need to know about business so that way you can have a full business transformation. Yeah, so this is the business transformation edition, total transformation business edition. Mm -hmm. And why did we come up with that name? (laughs) Because I think that many people are in business or they want to be in business. And in order for them to get ready for what business has in store or to improve their business, there's the transformation that's that's required. And we all should go through transformations or evolutions in our careers and our businesses. And so this is uh, giving me the steps to do that. And I just think everybody lives a good transformation story. Everyone I mean, loves I'm that. thinking because I'm a visual person. <laughs> I love if I follow the hashtag transformation and it's a body transformation. I love before and after pictures. So hopefully you guys are journaling your progress and, you know, in entrepreneurship and you're able to look back at some point to this day with this advice, with these notes and see massive improvement in your business. So without further ado, we're diving in now and we're going to give you three reasons today why your sales might suck. (laughs) And that's kind of like, ooh, triggering, right? But as I said in the previous episode, no money, no mission. Mm -hmm. If your business is not making money, then you won't have the funding to continue on with the mission or the passion or the thing that you love that got you in this in the first place. Yeah. And so if your business, if your sales suck right now, this is something you want to really tune in. And, and what we mean by suck, maybe they just not where you want them to be. Maybe they're maybe, not there. Maybe, yeah, maybe not there. Maybe you're losing money on this and you're losing hope. Hopefully in this episode, we can give you some concrete strategies to help you get things together. So tip number one on why your sales might suck, marketing. No one knows you. Yeah. No one knows who you are. And that is not a dig at your ego. Nope. That's not a dig. You may have... 200,000 followers, Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, still no one knows you. I can't tell you how many times I find something that millions of people know about, but I'm I'm just yesterday finding out. And there are countless examples of this, (laughs) right? right? right. Uh, One example comes to mind where you had a coworker from work who was like, oh, you don't know about what is it even called? It was like these these fan motors that uh, allow you to basically run and take off and fly. It's a backpack <laughs> helicopter. Something I would never ever do, but but it this has is a, a whole name. world. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's a whole world to it. And when we looked up the videos, it was like millions and millions and millions <laughs> and millions of views on this. And I was like, wow, like this tells you how big this planet right. is. Mm-hmm. You can do all kinds of things. But I think the mentality you should always have is no one knows you. Right. Even if people recognize you, you should always say, God, no one knows me. I got to keep pushing forward. With okay. This for two reasons. One, it keeps you humble. And two, it keeps you hungry. So yeah. humble, meaning you might have 200,000 followers. You might have 50 followers. It doesn't matter how many followers you have. But there is always room for someone in your local community, in your industry that doesn't know you. And I speak from experience because in the previous episode, I told you I can't go into Costco in my community without someone saying, Cake Mama! Now, I can't tell you how many times when we were operating at the bakery, how many times people would come in every day and say, how long have you guys been here? I've never heard about you. And I'm like... Wow, really? Like we've been in the community serving the community for 12 years. We go to every single community event. How have you not heard about us? Well, when I started checking myself and realizing how big the world is, it became like a game for me. And so I started to kind of take on this thought that nobody knows who I am. 
great when people say hi, great when they do know, but the bulk of the world, no matter how famous you are, no matter how many times you're on TV, no matter how many cakes you make or whatever it is that you do, the bulk of the world doesn't know you and they're probably never going to know you. If you can make that a game and constantly be focusing on getting new eyeballs onto your business or your brand, it'll be fun. Yeah, and it'll and, keep you humble. And as you take the, the advice from the first part one of this series around working on your business instead of in your business, what you'll identify is that there may be some massive changes that you need to make to your marketing, to your branding. And it's a good thing no one knows you because when you make this change, really no one will notice. Yeah. Right? So so don't be afraid because we we interact with people and we when we coach our students and people are like, oh, but people already know me by this name. I'm like, how many they followers do you have? I'm like, oh, you know, 1,500. I'm like, okay, that's okay. You'll yeah. be fine. Go ahead and make that change. But even if they don't, like, let's say you have a bunch of followers. How, how about this? What if you said you had a billion, more than a billion followers? Would um, you change you it? You still change your name. Yeah, Facebook just did it. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. So when you think people, like, Facebook just changed their, their name to Meta, right, mm -hmm. from Facebook. And you know what? Eh, it's still in business. They're yeah. doing pretty fine. There's a fitness guru that I follow, and she's on Instagram, and her name used to be Manco Fit, mm. right? She had a million followers when I started following her. She became inspiration for my whole fitness journey when we were bodybuilding. And her name is Massey Arias. And guess what? She changed her Instagram to Massey Arias. So people who have been rocking with her for a long time know her as Manco Fit, but I don't even know what that ever meant, yeah, right? So sure somewhere along the line, someone said, hey, you should change this to your name, like make it your brand. And with a million followers, I'm sure she was like, well, people already know who I am. Well, she was still smart enough to understand that branding is everything. And for the most part, the bulk of the world is not really going to know who you are. Right. So focus on your marketing. What do we mean by that? Well, marketing is about capturing attention, mm -hmm. right? And so in a very, very busy world, when, when we talk about there are so many things grabbing our attention, taking our attention off of things that we probably should be focused on, you're constantly in competition with those other things. Mm -hmm. So you may sell uh, T-shirts or you may be a baker, or you may be changing tires, whatever your business is, your competition is not just the folks in your industry. Your right. competition is, is everything else that takes people's attention mm -hmm. because marketing is the only way you're gonna get people to see who you are, understand you, trust you, and wanna buy from you. Yeah, so like attention is the currency of marketing. Right, right. right. And so, so often I hear people say, well, you know, I don't know what happened. My Valentine's Day sales didn't do very well. And I'm like, well, how often did you share or post or promote it? And they say, oh, my God, I was talking about it so much. And so I'll go to their Instagram and I'll look and I'm like, actually, you put it up three times, yeah. three isn't times. Isn't that a lot? That's not a lot. <laughs> considering I have children, I have a life, I follow another couple thousand people. So I missed all of your posts, right? And so if you are afraid to have some sort of consistency in asking for the sale or having a call to action or reminding people what it is that you do or reminding them of how your product or service can help serve their life or business or whatever it is that you do, that's the name of the game when it comes to marketing. And so often people miss the mark because they don't wanna do it too often and mm. they don't wanna ask for 
the sale and they don't want to talk too much and sound slimy or salesy. And I'm just here to remind you, like part of marketing is the nurturing and the dating and the getting to know. But part of that is also saying like, hey, at some point, this is what we sell. Are you aware of that? Right. And it's so hard to get people's attention. Right. And an attention is limited because as soon as you get someone's attention, you immediately lose it to something else. right? Right. And so when we say attention is currency, it is true. And I will tell you this, like, I'm not very familiar with Kylie Jenner, Mm -hmm. but I know she gets a lot of attention. Right. And because she gets a lot of attention, she gets paid a lot of money Mm -hmm. to be a sponsor for things. She makes a lot of money because of the fact that the things that she sells, she grabs people's attention. Whether you like her or not, that is evidence that, hey, intention is the byproduct of currency. Like you actually can exchange that for money. And so I think that when you think about how often you're posting, how often you're putting yourself out there, it's got to be frequent, yeah. right? And it's got to be timely. And mm-hmm. you got to do it in a way that captures attention and you got to tell a story. Yeah. So marketing is creating uh, consistent content. Right, right. right. And so that could be representation, that could be brand awareness, that could be influence. Those are all things that you need for good marketing. So let's just start with representation. First, I want to ask you, when someone goes to your website, what kind of representation is there? Do you even have any presence when it comes to like online? If someone was to Google whatever it is that you do, do you even come up? Is there any right. relevancy? If not, you need a website. <laughs> if someone goes to your Instagram page or your Facebook business page or your TikTok, what's the representation look like? What does your bio say? What do the first couple of photos look like? What do your first couple of posts look like? Does it truly convey what it is that you sell? Are you putting out a good representation of what products or services you offer? And oftentimes we think that we are, but that's mostly because we feel like we're doing all this stuff and there's always something to do. And friend, there is always gonna be something to do, but if you don't have good representation around your brand, then you're really going to continue to not let people know who you are. They're not even able to discover you because you won't even come up in a search. And nothing can be off limits. And what I mean by that is we hear often people are like, oh, I don't want to be on TikTok. Oh, I don't want to do Instagram. Oh, I'm more comfortable with Facebook. Mm -hmm. Oh, I I don't know how to use Pinterest. Right. So when Janelle's talking about representation, you have to be ready and willing to know that People are going to find you in so many different ways. So many. Right. And so how do you make sure that you are represented in all those different places? Mm-hmm. Because that's where people are. Yeah. Right. And because the world is so big, you have no idea where people are. You right. can't say, oh, all my customers come from uh, Facebook. Right. Yeah. They only come from Facebook because you know where else. That's the only place you are. Yeah. <laughs> right. So in Passion to Profit, our eight week master course, we do spend so much time kind of helping you develop a marketing plan. And so I do want to throw this in because it can be really overwhelming when you're starting a business or in the beginning stages that it feels like you should be everywhere. Mm -hmm. And that can be really overwhelming. So in our course, we not only help you identify who your particular ideal clients are supposed to be, then we tell you to pick a platform where they hang out. So Mm -hmm. for example, if you are selling candle making supplies. Well, that's great. Where are the people looking and searching for candle making supplies? I would say they're probably Googling it. I would say they're probably looking for deals on Amazon. Could you sell your stuff there? I'd say that it would be really cool if you could put up some videos on how the supplies that you sell or the candle making classes that you teach can you know be in short form entertainment content and you could put it on TikTok or Instagram Reels 
But I would say you probably don't want to be hanging out on Facebook unless your ideal clients are like over 50, right? right? Hey friends, have you started a business or thought about starting a business or maybe you've been running a small business for years? Well, if you're looking to gain new skills, increase your sales, attract better clients and step into the next level of business ownership, then we want to help you. Yeah, we know business can be intimidating and overwhelming and that alone could deter you from starting a business or working through a rough time. Or maybe you're feeling like it's too much. You're not sure what next steps to take or maybe you're thinking about throwing in the towel. Well, we've helped thousands of business owners move from panic to profit. Yeah, and we wanna help you discover how to unleash your confidence, how to close more sales, and most importantly, how to attract your dream clients in just eight weeks. In Passion to Profit, you'll learn how to turn your passion into a profitable, actual business. You'll learn how to grow your social media following and create a strategy that makes you feel good about serving your audience. You'll learn how to attract clients that don't mind paying a fair rate for your time, talents, and efforts. You'll also learn the making of a brand and strategies that will help you attract high-paying quality customers. You'll learn how to plan ahead and strategize so that you're not overworked, underpaid, and constantly working on your business. You'll also gain access to our private community of hundreds of business owners that understand exactly what you're going through and can support you through your journey. Yeah, from now until February 18th, our eight-week masterclass, Passion to Profit, is officially open for enrollment. Learn how other small business owners just like you have landed their largest sales ever, tripled their revenue, worked with their dream clients, and opened dream businesses and so much more. Visit JanelleCopeland.com forward slash enroll now so that way you can be in the next session of Passion to Profit. It's time to start making the money you deserve because your dream clients are waiting for you and your products. Yeah, they want what you have to sell. All you need is a strategy to find them and the confidence to close them. We'll see you guys on the inside. Let's do this. So when you're first starting out, it's just important. I want to give you permission. You cannot have representation on all of the platforms everywhere in the world. You got to pick the platforms that you think that your customers we'll be playing on. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? 100%. Yeah. And so during that, you have to be telling a story. And that's where the, the next phase of kind of brand awareness comes from. And brand awareness is about like, what does your company do? What is your company about? Like, what makes you significant? What makes you stand out? What's going to give people status when they buy from you? And that's what a brand does. When people buy an iPhone, when people buy Lululemon, when they buy certain brands, it gives them a certain feeling of status. Like, mm-hmm. hey, I have officially made it. I got myself a, a you know a nice Mercedes, right? Whatever it is, and you you create that by making it significant. And it's not a, so much about it being expensive. Some people gain status because maybe you you know you are a hundred percent eco friendly, right? And so mm-hmm. people are like, hey, that fulfills my identity because I'm eco friendly as an individual. I want to buy from a place that's eco friendly, mm-hmm. right? So those are things that help you with that brand awareness, and you got to keep putting that out. So everything that you do. As much as possible, you should be telling your brand story. I love that. And I think the brand story, you need to understand that your brand also has a voice or a vibe, Mm -hmm. right? So the Cake Mamas, if you follow the Cake Mamas on Instagram, we're going to cuss at you a little. (laughs) We just are. We're going to tell you to get your shit together, but then we're going to offer you a hug, right? Right. Not every business can get away with that. And so that happens to be the voice of our brand. You're going to have to determine what the voice of your brand is. 
So that should be based upon what clients you're trying to serve. Right. I love it. And so when you do that and you do that well, and people feel really great interacting with your brand. Now you have influence and influence is a powerful, powerful thing. And I think a lot of times people take influence. They think about manipulation. That's not what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. What we're talking about is you have influence, meaning that you can actually put something out that helps people think about something differently. Or you can have something you put out that gives people a feeling of excitement or you make them inspired, right? And so all those things you have to exercise through this vehicle called marketing. And when you do influence very well, then you know that's why we have this kind of overused term of influencer mm -hmm. because people actually do help you think about things differently, right? Right. And so I think your business has to play that part as well for your customers. And I think when it comes to like, you know, some people are like, well, how do I even market? How do I do this? Like, I understand everything that you're saying, but how do I do it? I want to give you just like four quick tips that you can kind of like take into consideration anytime you're putting content out there. And that is photography, the hook, which is like, how am I captivating people? A story, which mm. is what Eddie's talking about, and then a call to action. So photography is important. If you are not taking the steps to be able to take photos of whatever it is that you do in a well-lit area and the, the photo looks enticing, then don't expect people to pay top dollar for your product. You've got to focus on how that product is telling a story. Is it selling people just by the way that it looks? Is it making their mouth water or are they drooling because it looks so incredible? You gotta put some time and effort into photography. That does not mean go out and buy a $2,000 camera but that means you probably want some good lighting. You right. probably want to pay attention to what's in the background. Right. You probably, if you're taking pictures of baked goods or food, you probably don't want your cat sitting in the background on the table. That's disgusting. Please don't do that. <laughs> or the, anything related to an animal. The next thing, uh, the tip that I want to give you is a hook. Think about this episode. When you clicked on the title of this episode, that was the hook. That was kind of the clickbait to get mm. you in. People oftentimes when they're marketing in their business, they don't understand the power of a hook. If you're sending out an email, people are paying attention to so many other things. They're going to click on the email that grabs their attention. And that usually is based on the hook or the subject of the email. So think yeah. about how important that is. Same thing comes to when you're scrolling through Instagram and you're reading captions. You know, you can only see the first like two or three lines. And so you need a clever hook. If you're posting a picture of, let's just say, Yo Gabba Gabba Cake, okay, and your first caption, the hook, you're using up your three lines and you say, Yo Gabba Gabba Cake, we made this weekend. Well, no shit, wah, it's a wah, Yo Gabba wah. Gabba Cake, right? We can tell by looking at it. So use that hook to be very thoughtful of what could I say about this cake that they're already looking at the picture in order to get them to kind of slow their scroll. Yeah. And I think that those things are like being provocative, you know, evoking some type of emotion, something that really catches the, the attention. If you want to see really good examples of that, go on your local news app mm -hmm. and see how many times they'll catch you with a hook. Clickbait. Based, clickbait, just based on the title they give right. the actual news story. Yep. That's how they sell news, right? Is headlines, headlines. So, so you have to be thinking the same way. You're trying to capture people's attention with the headlines. Yep. Number three is the story or the caption that you're trying to tell. Some people don't understand the power of storytelling, right? And every good brand 
that you can think of tells some sort of story. You and your business are no different. So, so often we see people post a picture of a product, they state what the product is, and then they tell you how much it is or click the link in my bio to buy it, right? right? And it's like, well, tell a story of how this benefited someone's life. Tell a story of how this transformed their party. Tell the story of how X, Y, and Z. I don't know. But there's always a story behind whatever it is that you're trying to sell. And there should be because the products that you sell or the services that you provide, ultimately, they are solving a problem for the customers that you're trying to attract. So you have to constantly be reminding people of that, right? A good example back to the hairstylist is a lot of the bios that I read when I was looking for a hairstylist said color correction specialist. I love that. <laughs> like you're telling me what you do. And so each of the posts would say, you know, got to do this client's hair for the first time. They came in and their hair was damaged. I want to hear the story because those stories are attracting people like me who might have damaged hair, who are looking for someone who is a correction specialist. Yeah. And, and to go a little bit deeper than that, I will tell you, everyone loves a story. Yep. Like that's a universal thing. It doesn't matter what country you're from. It doesn't matter. People love stories. Mm -hmm. People love great storytellers. This is why we love movies and shows because they're telling a story. And the key thing, when and I think Janelle just alluded to it, but I want to make sure you really capture it too, is when you tell a story, what are people doing? They're trying to find out how that story relates to mm -hmm. their story. Find myself in your story. Can I find myself there? Is it intriguing? Is it inspiring me? Does it remind me of something? that I've experienced myself or something I would want to experience, right? And so those things capture attention. Mm -hmm. And when they, you get someone's attention, then you have an opportunity to actually gain them as a customer, Yeah. right? And I think that the one thing that we see often when people don't do this is that they only advertise, they don't actually market, right? And so they just throw things up and say, buy my stuff, buy my stuff, buy my stuff, buy my stuff, yep. instead of doing all the things that we're articulating right now of taking people through this process and this experience to get to an, a place where you say, yeah, I can't wait. I want to be a part of this story as well. Yep. I love that. And number four, call to action. So there's a difference in advertising and marketing, Yeah. right? Advertising is this, buy my shit. <laughs> marketing is- right now. I'm, I have a hook, I'm capturing your attention, I'm telling you a story, I am explaining to you how this is beneficial. And then the thing that's missing at the end of the story is usually the call to action or the ask, right? right? A call to action should be on everything that you do. If you post a motivational quote on your Instagram, it should say, drop a heart below if this resonates with you. Tag a friend in the comments if this is something that you believe in no different than when you're posting your products, right? You're asking them to do something. Are they clicking on the link in your bio? Are they tagging a friend who would love this? Are they going to your website? Visit my website to place your orders now. What is it that you want people to do? A lot of times we're missing that. right? And that's so small, but it results in so much lost revenue because you're not asking people or telling them what to do. Yeah, you got to tell them to do something. And you have to make it easy for people to do business with you. Yeah. So you should be asking for the sale often. The second portion of why your sales might suck is there's no hype or excitement around your brand. 
Yeah, and so what does that mean? Yeah, you may be thinking, okay, how's that different from everything else? Well, it's different because, yeah, you can be putting things out, you can maybe be telling a story, maybe you have really great captions, but you are in itself, your business has to be creating some type of movement. And what I mean by that is in your community, you should be creating excitement around something that brings people into your business. So whether it be if you're donating money, so the Cake Mama story, for example, during grand opening, donated a portion of its first revenues to schools mm-hmm. and created excitement. Right. Another example would be you don't have to have a brick and mortar business in order to create hype or excitement. Can you partner with influencers? Can you attend a pop-up event? Can you ask friends to share? Can you ask for testimonials from your customers and share those in your stories? There's so much that you can do to make your business bigger than it Mm. actually is. And that representation, again, matters, especially to people who are newly attracted to your business or coming across your page. They want to see that you're doing something, right? Yeah. So posting a calendar of community activities that you might be participating in, posting testimonials or screenshots or pictures of uh, feedback that customers are giving you, how they're raving over your products. Those are all really great ways to create hype and excitement around your business. Yeah, it should feel like there's always a buzz going on, mm-hmm. right? And so when you're creating events like Janelle is talking about, you're giving people what they want and everyone wants to have a sense of belonging. And so if you're giving them an opportunity to join something, to be a part of something, I can't tell you that reactions that people got during the times that we were in lockdown, during the major times of the, of the coronavirus, it was interesting that when the when you came up with the idea of, of spread the love, mm-hmm. right? It was creating excitement and people were able to join, right? right? They were able to be a part of it. Not only were they buying the products, but they were actually now in this position where they can actually go spread the love. Right. That's the type of excitement you want to create. Yeah. And so what kind of campaign can you be creating to create some hype and excitement in your business that might be geared towards a holiday that's up and coming or... If you make something locally and the local schools are getting ready to graduate and your business kind of does something that complements graduation, then you got to kind of leverage those things. So that way you're keeping your business relevant. You're showing customers how it fits within their everyday life. And you've just got some hype around things that people actually care about that they're talking about. Yeah. And so even if you feel like you're an introvert, we don't really like that word, but Mm -hmm. if you said if you're an introvert, your business must be an extrovert like it must be connecting and and be out there collaborating with other businesses in order to really create some excitement that brings people to the attention of your business love it okay moving on to the last part of this podcast and that is the reason your sales suck is because you're not closing the damn sale right what (laughs) does that mean of course people are like well of course i want to close the sale right This is the part where many, many business owners get stuck, right? So you're in the phase of maybe it's just you or maybe you you do have a couple employees and whatever it is, you're offering something. But just like the the marketing where we're talking about, uh, you know, asking for this, uh, where we're talking about a call to action, you have to have a call to action, even if you're helping someone in your business and it's person to person. You've got to ask for the sale. Yeah. Right. And you've got to be prepared. Now, the key thing is, is how do you get to a place where you can ask for a sale? 
you create a relationship, you start to date. I would say (laughs) one of the things that we always talk about in the course is like, you got to start with like a welcoming gift, right? right? So think about you move to a new neighborhood. What do you do? Uh, People bring you a welcoming gift. I want to bring you a platter of cookies. When you're a new business, well, even if you're an old business, you should always be offering cookies. You should be offering whether it's suggestions, advice, free product, like something that's valuable to other people. That could be cookies in the form of entertainment, cookies in the form of information. But what is your business giving, Mm. right? I think that's how you show up to the party and you get people to talk about you, but you've got to be giving something first. And then after you give, 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 you can, because you've earned the relationship, you've earned that place based on the value that you've added to the relationship, now you can actually ask for a favor. Yeah. So I can't ask for a cup of sugar from right. my neighbor until I've actually met them, waved at them a couple times, said hi, you know, did something to establish a relationship. I can't just out of the gates come out and just start asking. And you, you said something there, and I, and I want to make sure people pick up on this. You started a relationship. Well, part of starting a relationship even probably before you give, is that there's a listening that has to happen. Mm -hmm. I must hear what your needs are. I must understand what you want because my goal as a business owner and entrepreneur is to solve your problem, right? But the thing that gets in the way, this is why the transformation is so important, is because many of you are technicians, right? And so you are great at whatever the skill sets that you have. Great you, makers. You make whatever it is. You maybe it's a song. Maybe it's it's you know you're a woodmaker. Whatever mm-hmm. the case may be, you're a technician. But if you're following what we're talking about, we, we want you to move past the technician and then eventually become a manager, right? And you're managing your business. You're making sure your processes are in order. And then, like Janelle made a great point on is the next part is that it becomes a people business, and that's when you really lean into this entrepreneurship. Because entrepreneurs are sellers, mm-hmm. right? You're selling yourself, you're selling your product, your service every single day that you interact with people. But the first thing is, is you have to learn so that you know what problems you're solving. So that when you go to solve the problem, you can incorporate like, hey, I remember you told me that you're having a problem with this. Right. Well, ta-da, look what I offer. Yeah. I offer you a solution. <laughs> yeah. And the next thing I think is like people are lacking confidence when it comes to asking for the sale. Yeah. I think that's it. I'm afraid to ask for the sale. I don't know how to ask for the sale. I don't even know how much to quote them. And I would just say the key word that you need to know in order to feel more confident in asking for the sale is preparation. Yeah, You need to do some work before you're ready to put your kind of self out there, put your product out there. You need to know how much does this shit cost me to make? Yeah. How much time does this take me to make? How am I going to make this happen? What's my schedule? What are my boundaries? How many orders can I take in a week? Like you got to have all this stuff figured out and prepared first before you come to the table and start engaging in quotes and just like you know, we're getting ready to do a transaction. You would feel so much more confident if you knew what the cost of your stuff yeah. was. Like if you had a going rate, if you uh, were prepared to answer better questions, if you were prepared to think critically about about how you're going to overcome objections when someone says it's too expensive, about how you're going to be the only one, the only company to solve this problem because of X, Y, and Z. You have to know that every customer that you ask to buy something is going to have questions. They're going to have objections that you're going to have to overcome. Some of them are going to say no. So you can't spend too much time in the moment 
like harping on those things or being ill-prepared. So you've got to prepare for that stuff ahead of time. Yeah. So many times people don't even know, like if I say, well, what are the benefits of doing business with you? Ah, uh, I don't know. Like well, you should. You have no confidence. <laughs> so I know now why you're not asking people to buy your shit, right? right? Yeah. You should be really familiar on what how your business transforms, improves, enhances, changes the, your customers' lives. For the better. For the better. Mm -hmm. And that's where your value is. And I think that when you understand the needs of people, if you really do listen, then you're able to really find a way to match what you offer to what the customer needs and wants and values most. And then you have a connection. Now you've earned the right to move through the sales process to a place where you can feel really confident about saying, hey, let's get you started on yeah. this. This is the perfect time for you to get started. And another thing, I think uh, a question that we ask people often when they say, oh, my sales are kind of slow. I'm like, tell me about your unique value propositions. Yeah. What makes your business unique? They're like, uh, I mean, it's just as bad as like, why are you the best person to do business with? Like, if you can't answer those things with confidence, then it's likely that you're not going to confidently be like overcoming objections or answering questions when it's time for you to like get down to the nitty gritty when it comes to sales. Or it's going to take you forever to respond to customers. Yep. Like we you're had, scared. You're scared, but you're not prepared. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you, you interact with someone, you learn about them, but then you say, okay, I'll have to get back to you with a quote. Mm -hmm. And that quote takes 48, yeah. 48 hours to a week to get back to someone when we all know we're all conditioned by Amazon that, hey, I should be able to buy right. something with one button. Yep. What do you need? Like we, we interact with a contractor. It took two weeks to get a uh, quote. Yeah, like, I'm like, how, I how already even, hired somebody. How is that even possible? Yeah. Right? right. So it shouldn't take that long. So after you <laughs> ask great questions, after you get to know the customer, after you are prepared, you've done the work to prepare yourself then you can figure out how to create hype and excitement and get the customer excited for the possibilities. The best example I have for this is like when we were trying to find a contractor for our remodel. I literally must have met with, I don't know, 12 contractors. And every single contractor that came in my home, this is where I have lived for 16 years. This is like where I feel safe. This right. is something I'm excited about. A remodel is not cheap. So I'm getting ready to invest lifelong savings amount of money. And I want you to be excited. Not one of them. Not one of them was not like, wow, you guys, you've raised three kids in this home and this kitchen's so tiny. I totally <laughs> see you know, what your vision is now. These are some of my ideas. I think if we moved the kitchen over here, I think if you open up the space you could entertain, I think your kids would love to be a part of this. Not one of those bastards sold me on excitement and like what they were capable of creating. And I find that to be one of the biggest misses when it comes to every business is like, you don't even know how to create excitement for me to want to give you my money. Yeah, and I wanna read this quote from here. And I think if you are listening to this, stop your car, write a note, because this is important. And it just articulates exactly what uh, Janelle just said. But sales is about the transfer of energy and ideas. And as you share your ideas, include yourself in the plan, mm -hmm. right? So if, to Janelle's example, if you say, 
hey, I can't wait for our team to come in here to make this a home for you. Here's what we have to do. Like I'm including myself. That's an assumptive sale, right? right? That I can say, we have a service. I know we can meet your needs. That's confidence there. That's, you know, a transfer of energy and ideas. And I think that that is what makes the difference. And when people are working in their business and not on their business, they never develop that skill. Yep. Right. And so that's a skill that if you take passion to profit, we can help you with, but that's yeah. just a small plug. <laughs> and one of the things is like when you ask great questions and you're working on establishing rapport and you're a really good listener, you're able to make amazing recommendations. Yeah. And so, so often when people would, you know, send an inquiry or I would be talking to them about how we were going to potentially make a cake for them, the first things I would do would be ask questions. Yeah. So tell me about this event. Like what kind of People are going to come. How many people are coming? How excited are you? What's the theme? Have you ordered invitations? Have you printed out this? Did you, oh, wow, you hired a balloon arch maker. Oh, you know, you got custom invitations. I'm seeking to see how excited you are about this event. Because if I know that you're all in on this, then I've got to match that energy. And like, I've got to create the hype around my product and get you excited. And now that I know a little bit about what you're doing, I can give amazing recommendations. Yeah, and the beauty of a recommendation is even when someone's looking for something that's not in your business, another way for you to serve them is to give them a recommendation of something that's outside, even if they're not spending money with you. Mm -hmm. Like there's nothing more, I think, trust building than giving a recommendation that does not include you when it's the right thing to do for your customer. Yeah. So every single time someone would get a wedding cake from us, if they wanted fresh flowers, I would always recommend them to my friend's flower shop. Yeah. Anytime someone was celebrating a quinceanera or some sort of princess thing, I always recommended this store that I know that does crowns, right? Always have like a Rolodex because it is very beneficial and it helps a lot when you're building trust. 100%. The last thing we want to do is we just want to simply ask them to buy. Yep. And I know that that's kind of the whole point of this is like you're not asking for the sale, but ask them to buy. It can be as simple as you know, so should we take a look at the calendar to make sure that we've got room for this? Should we put down a deposit today to make sure that you're all booked and ready to go and this date is reserved for you? Should I tell my crew if I'm a contractor to come down Monday because we get to start on the Copeland household? Should I start mixing your color right now for your hair because we have time to take you today? Should I, I mean, there's like a list of things to do that would be ways of asking for the sale that doesn't say, so do you want to buy my shit? (laughs) And I'll tell you, when you learn how to do that really well, you're going to increase your sales by a thousand percent. Mm -hmm. And I I guarantee that because the key thing is realizing this is most people are not very decisive, Mm -hmm. right? And so they are uncomfortable with making a decision. And so the encouragement that you can give them that, hey, they're making the right decision, like is huge. When people feel good about their decision, and you've helped them get there, then you have a customer for a very long time. Yeah. But more times than not, people will sit in, in being indecisive and say, oh, I'll, I'll think about it because it, they're uncomfortable making a decision, especially if you sell something that has a, a pretty good price tag. Mm-hmm. You have to say, hey, I think it's the, you know this is a really good idea. This is a really good plan for you. Let's get you started today. Yeah. Hey, I would love to get you in the book so that we can get whatever you're doing on the books so we can get you started, so whatever the, that may be. The key thing that I would just tell you when it comes to you, the advice we're giving you, which is just ask for the damn sale, <laughs> I would say be assumptive, Yep. right? If I were a waitress and I was working at a restaurant, we recently went to this restaurant called Manuela. 
in downtown LA, the food was freaking phenomenal, right? So many times we go to a restaurant and I ask the server, well, it's our first time, what do you recommend? If I were a server, I'd be like, okay, let me tell you, turn to page one. Here's what I like when it comes to appetizers. I love this, oh my God, this one is so good. These are my favorite entrees, blah, 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 blah. What's gonna happen? One, not only am I gonna earn a fat tip because I just gave you tons of recommendations, I had excitement, I was energized around it, but you're probably gonna buy a lot of stuff because I gave you a lot of recommendations. Yeah, and just imagine if you were like super awesome, like I think you would be as a a waitress. (laughs) But if you said, hey, before I tell you anything about the entrees, you have to make sure you save room for this amazing dessert. Oh, for we, sure. we offer this assumptive sale. Right, right. We offer this amazing sweet potato pie that it will melt in your mouth. Yep. So I want to make sure I tell you that first. Save so, room. Save room. I'm like, thank you. I yes, will definitely I would get definitely, that yeah. for sure. Another assumptive sale that I just kind of comes to mind is for a while, the Cake Mamas, we had a line of T-shirts that were like sweets, but fitness oriented. Right. Right, right. So people would come in and not only would they see see us wearing them, but they would see them on the shelf and they'd be like, oh, my God, I love your shirt. And I'm like, oh, my God, feel how soft it is. You know, this is really great, whether you're going to the gym, whether you're doing this. I would give them like three things on why these shirts were so great. And they'd be like, oh my God, I love them. And I'd be like, oh, tell me what size you are. I'll find a size for you. I'll make sure we have your size in stock. Every single time, <laughs> that's me assuming the sale. Right. And I will just tell you 80% of the time, people are like, oh, a medium? Yeah. And then I'm just like, okay, so how many cupcakes are we gonna get? Are we gonna get a pack of four today? I'm assuming everything. I'm not pushy. I'm just like, oh, wow, okay. And then they go, okay, four, box of four. Well, how many flavors do you have? Well, we have 15. Do you want to do a box of 15? Oh God, no, that's too many. But I've already sold them on four. Right. Because I say things like, well, out of 15 flavors, you can't possibly only pick two. You right. didn't, oh, but I only came in for one. Oh, good luck picking one flavor out of 15. I'm doing this confidently because I already know that's what people are going to be thinking when they come in. And I know that I offer 15 flavors plus some T-shirts. I'm already assuming you're leaving with a minimum of four and a T-shirt. And what makes this real is I want you to really think about the fact that you never hardly ever take anything out of your shopping cart. No. (laughs) Right. Like if you're in a grocery store and you're shopping and you put something in your cart, rarely do you say, ah, I don't want this. Yeah, change my mind right. on this. Once it's in the cart, Take it's the done. celery out. Right, so pretend like the assumptive piece is like automatically putting something in someone's cart. Yep. Now they have to go through that whole emotional and thought process of, do I want to remove this? And then thinking about, I may regret removing this because I probably want it, I probably want it later, whatever the case yeah. may be. But that's how you have to kind of make that connection. And I'm just going to tell you <laughs> that in Passion of Profit, our eight-week master course, we teach you for an entire week different tactics and strategies to get you in the habit of understanding what your unique value propositions are, how you can better engage with your customers, how you can make sure you're assuming the sale without sounding pushy. Those are all things that we spend about eight weeks going over with you. And so This is an official invitation to invite you to go to JanelleCopeland.com or click on the link wherever you're listening to or watching this because it is officially open enrollment season and we would love to have you join Passion and Profit. Whether you are a woodworker, a hairstylist, a baker, some sort of aspiring business owner, do you know that the med spa I go to, the woman wants to secretly own a tea company? So So she loves like doing my facials because she's like, oh, my God, tell me more about 
the cupcake stuff? Did you serve tea? Did you serve coffee? <laughs> and she's got all these great ideas. And I'm like, it's great that you were working in a med spa and you're an esthetician. But if you're over that, jump into it. Take our yeah. class and we'll teach you everything you need to know to be able to start a business. And if you decide that opening a tea spot is for you, great, you'll have all the tools. But if you decide that you wanna make more money and leverage your esthetician license, you'll have all the tools to do that too. So if you know someone that is eager to start a business or if that someone is a friend of yours, please share this episode with them. And we look forward to seeing you in the last part of this three-part series for our Total Transformation business series. And we'll see you guys in the next episode. All right, push through. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Push Podcast. Hey, we want to hear from you. So if you have a question or there's a particular topic that you want us to tackle and you want us to help you push through, you got to do something for us. You got to go to Apple Podcasts and you got to leave a rating and a review. And in that review, go ahead and leave that question with your Instagram handle so that we can shout you out when we actually answer the question. And we'll talk about that on the podcast and make sure that, hey, this particular podcast is made for you. So leave a rating, leave a review, leave your handle. And until next time, push through.